Mommy, can we talk about technology? Sure, Ava. Welcome to Therapy and Technology. I'm your host, Jessica Bullock. Join us as we have this conversation regarding technology and how it's integrated into our daily counseling profession. Before I jump into this conversation that I had with Dr. Rachel Altvader, I feel it's only right that I take the time to highlight some of the awesome accomplishments that she has made in the field of play therapy. She is a licensed psychologist in Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Virginia, a registered play therapist supervisor and certified clinical trauma professional. She is the owner of Creative Psychological Health Services, a psychologist at Gill Institute for Trauma Recovery and Education, an affiliate faculty member at Loyola University in Maryland, and the president-elect of the MDDC Association for Play Therapy. She is also the continuing education director of Starbright Training Institute. She's published two articles in the International Journal of Play Therapy and is the contributing author in two major books, Integrating Expressive Arts into Counseling and Integrating Technology in Modern Therapies. She is currently the recipient of the 2019 Emerging Leader Service Award from the Association for Play Therapy and the 2018 Outstanding Play Therapy Research Award. She is also the 2018 Distinguished Alumna of the Year from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology in Washington, D.C. She is very open to people reaching out to her and very active on her Facebook page. So without further ado, please help me welcome Dr. Rachel Altvader. And if you want to reach out to her or see some of her daily inspiration that she posts, please look at the show notes and reach out to her. want to thank you so much for coming on with us again you were with us before yes and you have been busy very busy since our last episode together so before we jump in what are some of the current projects you're working on now the most exciting is I have expanded my private practice Uh, it's called creative psychological health services it's in Catonsville Maryland and I am in the process of moving to a new location Okay. Um, some preparation stages for that and hiring. Nice. And, so you're going into group, a group. Yes. Practice. And I'm nice, I'm especially excited because it's my hometown and uh, there's, there's a connection there uh, to give back to the kids and teens, which it just warms my heart because I could have benefited from that when I was their age, but I didn't know. Yeah. So it's, it's all very exciting. So that's, the primary excitement going on right now, which is taking a lot of energy, but it is good. Um, I'm also uh, slowly entering into the president role of the Maryland DC Association for Play Therapy. I've been president elect since January and starting January, 2020, I will step into that role. The current president is phenomenal and she has been guiding me uh, this whole year to take over her role. So that's another really congratulations, Rachel. That is amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so passionate about play therapy and working with children and adolescents. So to be able to do something, whether, uh, you know, it's volunteer work or through my, my career to be able to give back is really, really wonderful. So that's an exciting thing. Um, I've been presenting on incorporating technology into play therapy. That's my specialty, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I was like, that's all I'm like, you know what? She's the best person to get on and talk with. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some of your work and you're publishing a lot. So that's great. And co and co uh, writing with a lot. Yes. Of yeah. So, and yeah. you're everywhere on all podcasts. I see you on uh, other uh, shows and it's great to see. Bring it up around. I think it's, it's important to get the word out. Ultimately. Yes. I am so appreciative of this platform that you have here, this podcast that you have, because this is such a timely topic in general, incorporating technology into therapies, establishing comfort. I think a lot of people do not have this as part of our training, and it is so important to be able to obtain as much information as we can so that we can provide the best care for our clients. You know what, Rachel, you're absolutely right. And even, you know, I'm thinking about what you specialize in and, um, you know, even if you're not thinking about doing the, the, you know, going into the play therapy with incorporating technology, but you need to know about it. Like it's, it's a very needed educational topic for providers. Yes. Um, and so that, that actually leads us right to what we're going to discuss about today. We're going to talk about video games. <laughs> and I, do they even call them video games now? What is like the correct term? Cause it's like, it's not even on video. Like it used to be back in the day when we were growing up. What is it called? To my knowledge, it's still video games, but okay. I have been informed numerous times by my young clients that my quote-unquote hip words are no longer quote-unquote hip. <laughs> I'm informed that that is not even cool for anymore. We don't even say that. So thankfully, I have my clients to keep me in line. Yeah. So, you know, I, as much as I'm an expert on this topic, my clients are even more an expert, and I really yeah. lean into that. So I think that's important to remember. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, by no means am I going to be as much of an expert as they are. Right. Um, so I think so. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate you covering this topic. And so I think you'd be proud of me. About three months ago, I joined Roadblocks. Yes. <laughs> Ro Roadblocks. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, I play with my kids once or twice a week. You know, honestly, like I had to, it was like pulling teeth in the beginning. They was like, mom, come on and play with us. And I didn't want to play, but I wanted to go into their world. And I was so fascinated when yeah. I actually started playing about like, you know, I will, now I'm like educating them. Like guys don't keep your, your fake house open, lock the doors, you know, yeah. and parents have no idea. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. Yes. This is amazing. Yes. That, that's the thing. You know, a lot of times we push away the uncertain mm -hmm. in all facets of our life. Sometimes people embrace it, but a lot of times why fix what works? And if something's uncomfortable to us, why are we going to place ourselves there? Right. But you hit the nail on the head. We have to meet our kids where they are and understand what's going on in their world. Typically, you know, in, back when we were younger, it, the, the focus of conversation was very verbal. You know, there's a lot of um, interactions outdoors. Now the focus of conversation is within a digital world. And so to be able to enter into that world and to see what your children are doing and how they're engaging with others and the resources that they're trying to find, it is so eye-opening. Mm -hmm. And it can really help you help them tremendously. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, so now how do you incorporate the games into your play therapy? There's a mix. Sometimes it's a simple conversation. Uh, sometimes it is, you know, if there's a child who comes in, who's more verbal, wants to do more talk therapy, not as much play or expressive work, then I might ask them, what are some games that you're really interested in playing right now? Um, and tell me about it. You know, what, what's your favorite character? How come? Mm. Um, sometimes if they're a little older, I might say, what character do you identify with? 
And then mm-hmm. what are their areas of strength and what are their areas for growth? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of explore that way because you can really see a lot about a child by talking about the characters. There's something that is major in play therapy is projections onto various items in the room. Externalization of internal conflict is is very safe for children. So if a child comes in and says, or excuse me, if a parent comes in and says, my child had a really bad day at school today, will you talk with them about it? And a child comes in and I say, you had a really bad day at school today, would you want to talk about it? Uh-huh. They're like, have a bad day at school. What do you mean? Right. I go into this character had a really bad day at school today. Tell me all about it. Uh-huh. Well, tell me because it's externalized. It's a safe enough distance. Right. So, enter into the games, you're able to see this externalization. Now, of course, it's not always the case. You know, sometimes they just like the character because they just like it. There doesn't always have to be that deep, deep connection, but they are being connected to it for some reason. And I think that's going to be the common theme of what we're talking about today is to find the reason behind things. Yes. Yes. And entering their world is going to be a perfect way to do that. Absolutely. And you know what, Rachel, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert. But when I, you know, playing with my daughters and her friends, um, I see also that I can read a lot into what they wear, what they choose to Mm -hmm. wear, their avatars Mm -hmm. and the over-sexualization of the children in the games with even the the clothes choices, the clothing choices, because they're able to like to change their outfits. and, And I know this is like crazy to me, but like when I started playing, I started asking like my daughters and their friends, like, why did you choose to wear that out that outfit? Or, you know, cause you guys would never let us wear this in real life, but why not? And what does that make you? And why do you feel like you have to wear that? And my husband has actually kind of like joined in and said, change your outfit in, in um, your Roblox game, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I, it's just amazing. And, and so you, do you think that uh, possibly even, you know, looking at their clothing choices in these games mm-hmm. and how they express themselves in these games, is a, is a look into their mind? Absolutely. And to answer the original question too, again, that I not only talk about it, I actually incorporate technology into the session. I have an iPad for my playroom mm-hmm. and I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Roblox has quite a few games. So Roblox, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's a, a game. It's a live multiplayer game. So a bunch of different people can enter at the same time. And I've noticed it's more geared towards middle childhood, Uh maybe into early adolescence, but I'm really seeing that it's more so a lot of like children. Yes. But um, I'm giving a lot of information to answer two simple questions that ultimately um, they're, they're, well, I should say there's a couple different games within Roblox that they're able to change their outfits Um, and there's like one that's a fashion show. So to answer both two parts, one, I also do that to see in the session, what they're gravitating towards, what they're doing, how they're interacting. Um, and then the other thing that you're asking is, um, I also think that that is definitely an expression of self, Mm. not necessarily be something that I really want to do this. I really want to wear this. Although for some children, especially if you were just mentioning with your children, like that's that they want that they want to express themselves that way, but it might not be safe enough in the real world because a variety of reasons, um, or appropriate of course, but, uh, but yeah, I absolutely see it as that right. I absolutely see it as a way for them to test the waters to you know, establish their sense of identity 
And, um, you know, and, and ultimately children, when they, or not just children, everyone, when, when we want something and we're drawn to something, we want to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's some need, it feeds some desire. And so if it's not safe enough to do it here, why not test it out in a place where it's okay to test it out? Because we're not going to get hurt. We're not going to... Um, it's not going to be inappropriate for us in our day-to-day interactions. Is there, will there, will video game interventions in sessions and therapy sessions hurt those who are addicted to gaming? My opinion of that is no. Um, And so I have a couple things to mention about this um, potential diagnosis Um, or I know the world health organization was the, the organization that was putting out the potential for it to become a, um, a diagnosis I want everyone to remember it's so important to be good consumers of the research. It's very, very hard nowadays to sift through all of these very intriguing headlines. Now, of course, you know, if there's a major organization looking into something, that there's something to be said there. Mm -hmm. Also, making sure that we really are looking through all of the research. We are automatically going to gravitate towards research that confirms our biases and opinions. If someone who thinks that this is unhealthy that this is going to cause you know mass chaos we will find articles to confirm our biases if we are people who think technology is the best thing that ever occurred ever we're going to find articles that confirm those biases we have to make sure that we're really researching all aspects that um and and for us as clinicians we recognize with research all there's limitations Mm-hmm. That sometimes there, there, there's really a hope that there, there shouldn't be, but there is research bias at times. So we just really have to be careful. Yes. A sample size of two children, and I'm mm. a little exaggerative, a right? Size, and these um, conclusions are being drawn from research that is not. Uh, it's maybe more correlational research, not causation research. Right. Um, it's not a true. Uh, experiment like a true I'm blanking on the name but um, you know where there's a control group then Mm -hmm. the the research is not going to bring about um, conclusions that we can really draw from right now so I'm very passionate about that I think that it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of sharing these articles I mean I think it's important I think we need to look at it right but I think if we fall into the trap of sharing articles that we are resonating with and missing the other components. Mm-hmm. So I do want to just say that. I want to preface my response with that. Um, but I think that ultimately with, um, with the therapy session, you know, we're using, therapy, or we're using technology in a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not centralized, but like a more focused way. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not just giving a child a tablet or a smartphone or a computer and just having them go off for hours on end and doing whatever they do in the session or doing whatever they do, excuse me, on their own time. Right. In the session, it's, it is more focused. So it is wonderful for assessment related purposes because you can see what is the child being gravitated towards, as I was just mentioning, what need is this meeting for the child? What's occurring? Is it something that's appropriate? Is it something that's inappropriate? So it's a wonderful assessment tool. And then moving on to um, just helping them with healthy limit setting. You know, mm-hmm. if a child, this has not happened yet, but if a child were to show me a YouTube video or to show or you know show me a video game that was inappropriate, 
then I would inquire and then help help set healthy limits. You started this podcast off explaining exactly. I mean, it was a perfect, perfect start. <laughs> That's exactly it. You enter their world, you help them set healthy limits. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take a step back and, and say, what is the problem for this child? How come this child is so engaged in this game to the point where it is unhealthy because it's meeting some need for them that is not being met in the real world. Mm. There is something that they're being drawn to, whether it's social relationships, whether it's a sense of accomplishment, whether it's a sense of need, whether they're, they're finding resources. There's a lot of survival games. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources. I mean, how therapeutic is that to be right. able to that with a child in session, to be able to say, you know, for this particular survival game, Okay, like what do we need to, to gather to make sure that we can protect ourselves, to protect our house? We need to make sure the door is locked, right? Right, right. Um, so I think that ultimately it could help. Um, and I think it's different because ultimately if there's someone who is struggling with an alcohol addiction, you're not going to bring alcohol in the session. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> right. Here. We'll see how long you can sit here and look at the, the glass of wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And right. I think that when video games start to be um, – categorized in a similar way I do recognize it can be an unhealthy coping mechanism but I also think that it can be very eye-opening and and we can help steer children in the correct direction I think there are so many times that children are alone with their phone babysitter Mm -hmm. and Rachel, you are hitting some stuff today. Yeah, and they don't know how to properly navigate the internet. So there's a lot of problems that are popping up, of course, because there's a lot for children to be able to access without proper limits. And instead of us stopping and saying, what can we do? We automatically say the child is out of control. They are you know, looking at pornography. They are doing this and this and this. Well, what else are they going to do if they have the world at their fingertips? They don't know. They have no idea how to navigate properly. So um, I think that it's so important in sessions and at home to really enter their world, to see what's going on and to help them figure out what is appropriate, what is not appropriate for this age mm-hmm. and how can they get their needs met in a way that aligns with, with what they want, but also aligns with what is um, allowed. Rachel, this, your answer was so loaded. Like, it was ama- it's amazing. Um, so you must do a lot of consultation with parents because, you know, that phone baby babysitter is a real thing. And yeah. also the healthy limit sitting setting. I, you know, I am really big on sitting with parents and talking to them about their children who are addicted to pornography and um, how to set healthy limits with the phones and the technology mm-hmm. and to use it in public with the family around it, not to be alone with it, not to, you know, after a certain time, it should be taken away. There should be a limit to even how much time per week they're on it. And so yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And, um, you know, looking at the child's what what needs are being met yes. by the video games that may not be being met in real life is such is such a huge just topic in itself that really should be looked at a little closer. It's going to make me mm-hmm. actually look at it a little closer when I'm talking to even my clients or um, talking with parents who are really feeling like they're losing control because of the um the influx of how much uh information their children get on a daily basis from these games and so i i totally understand that and i totally understand from your answer that we need to be unbiased um when it comes to looking at uh the the way that the children are using technology in their world and and not be like well you shouldn't have technology anyway and kind of push it away (laughs) 
know, but right, and it's like don't press the red button. The kids right. press the red button. If we think of development, <laughs> where children are, children want a sense of autonomy, mm-hmm. independence. They want to be able to explore their world. And if the parents or any caregivers say, don't do that, what are they going to do? Absolutely. <laughs> do it. That's what I was saying before. We have to lean into it mm-hmm. and we have to just meet them there. Now, I think something important to remember, too, while we are leaning in to try recognize what our biases are in that moment, too. Like, what is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. If we start asking all these questions um, or start imposing our biases, then they're going to be like, forget it. You need to go back in your room. <laughs> like, I cannot have my virtual world (laughs) yes yes so a really wonderful rule of thumb is to just wonder out loud I wonder what's going on right now it allows your child to answer or not answer but it also shows them that you're curious about it if you are are asking questions just out of pure curiosity because you're trying to explore right it's the assessment whether it's home or or at in the second all assessment tell me all about that. What just happened there, you know, or try as you can to ask as many open-ended questions as possible. Cause it allows the child to answer more. Um, or if the child is really in their digital world. Therapists who are interested in using uh, video games in their practice and they, and they just want to kind of incorporate a little bit of it. What, sh- what tips would you give them for getting started? So uh, yeah, let's just start with like, you know, what, what therapists, what resources are, are out there for them or, you know, what they should do to get started to incorporate that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important that we establish comfort ourselves. So, um, you know, whether that's doing research, whether that is just coming to terms with our own discomfort, that that has to be the first place. Mm -hmm. Because if we enter from a place where we are uncomfortable and biased, which of course we all come with biases, Mm -hmm. but we are going to enter from a judgmental stance. And, um, and that's exactly what we don't want in sessions. So, uh, so that's the first thing, you know, trying to be comfortable, just being okay with the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next thing is, you know, ask questions. Uh, like I was saying, ask open-ended questions, get to know where the child is, um, what they're gravitating towards. You know, if you don't feel comfortable actually incorporating technology in your sessions yet, then just start with a simple conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you decide, do you want to have your own tablet or computer that is utilized in session? Are you okay with the child bringing their own in to show you? I mean, different clinicians are going to have different um, preferences. So whatever your preferences, you can kind of start to establish that, figure out what, what limits and boundaries you want in your own sessions, and then have the child show you different things. So it can be, you know, what's your, I, I downloaded Roblox. I would ask a lot of children, you know, what are, what is your favorite game right now? What is something you're playing a lot? Roblox, Roblox, Roblox. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's download Roblox. So I downloaded Roblox and um, initially I made my own account but then I realized very quickly, if I'm entering into a world with a child, um, there could potentially be some confidentiality issues, especially right. playing Roblox with a variety of children. So um, I recognized that before it became an issue and um, and ended up uh, letting the children know to, that it was okay for them to sign into their own account. Um, I just simply downloaded the app. And, um, and then they show me the different games that they're 
you know, interested in. So I've been able to sit there in some discomfort of, I have no idea what they're doing, but I am fully confident in the fact that they will show me exactly what they need to show me. Right. Oh, they're coming to therapy to work on something, right? Whether they have a clear under understanding or they're not fully sure, but they know they're coming to this professional for help mm-hmm. in some capacity. So they're going to be choosy with what they show you, whether it's they're showing you their full true self or they're showing you aspects of their self. So I, again, lean into the process. And um, so I think that that's important to, to ask children and to have children show you the various games that they're interested in and to just sit with the uncertainty mm-hmm. and allow it, to, you know, you feel, be mindful about it. You feel it and you kind of let it gently pass. And so you can be fully present for the child. Yes. And you know what's so crazy? I'm thinking while you're talking, no one probably sat with you during your, your, you know, doctoral program and was like, <laughs> okay, when you're doing play therapy with gaming, you know, make sure you don't enter the world with your own login to protect the clients. <laughs> you know, like this is the stuff that we have to think of right. on the spot. Yeah. And I think kudos yes. to you for catching Thanks. that and for like really, like that's a whole class, Rachel. <laughs> Like this whole class, I think the yeah. biggest piece I'm taking away from this is really sit- sitting with the uncomfortability with the biases that you may have. And um, also, you know, um, being open to asking the client, mm-hmm. you know, to educate you, being open to, you know, asking them questions and understanding that they are the expert in that moment. They are the ones that's teaching you. Um, my children teach me all kinds of things, um, even in a. I was in a session with a, I think uh, she was about 14 and she was like, you know, my Snapchat is this and my Snapchat. I said, well, and this is before I was even into Snapchat. I was like, well, explain to me how this works. She, her face lit up, Rachel, like, yes. and she was just like, okay, well, these are my friends. And she was, and she, and she like paused and she was like, I had streaks with her, but we don't have streaks anymore. I said, well, what is that? And she said, well, we used to talk every day. Oh, oh my gosh. Chills. I have chills. <laughs> streaks were I didn't even know what streaks were and for those people in, out there in the world who are listening to us right now and Snapchat has this thing called streaks where you can you know um, if you like I guess tag the person or talk to the person every single day or you have some type of interaction with them you have a streak so people for a certain amount of time days you get streaks if you stay consistent with every day and so when a child has a streak if your child has a streak with someone and that streak comes to an end that's a conversation that needs to be had what happened to mm-hmm. your relationship so in that mm-hmm. moment i was like oh my gosh what a wonderful lesson i just learned about just the loss of relationship even through social media apps and so i i have literally opened myself to let, letting them bring their world into our counseling room which yeah. is amazing the work you are doing rachel i i, I know <laughs> I dote over you all the time, but you're so kind. This is this is amazing. It's groundbreaking because it's happening now. This is like Mm -hmm. it's happening now, and it's constantly evolving. Even while we're talking, there's a new game being created. (laughs) You know, and so like I think it's just so exciting. And children always jump on the things that the adults don't know. So remember this. There are going to be so many times probably for the remainder of your career that that there are going to be things out there, games out there that you will never know about, um, that you will never be told about. But if you are entering a child's world and they feel comfortable enough to share that with you, they will tell you. They will tell you the games. They will tell you, um, and you'll figure it out pretty quickly, what's what's going on for them, what's going on for the generation, for the, you know, the socio 
cultural climate <laughs> at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, and, and to ask to simply, without biases, just be curious and to ask them about what's going on, you find out amazing things like you just did with your client. And that is so powerful, hence the intense chills that I received. Absolutely. Or to feel comfortable enough to say, I can finally speak my language in here. I can tell you about my friend no longer wanting to, to be connected with me because of some fallout. Yes. Would that child have come in, would that teenager have come in and shared that with you so readily? Maybe, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, that's wonderful that you, you navigated that beautifully. And just like you said to me about me not necessarily learning about things in school, we never learned. Uh, okay. I would say I never did. I guess I cannot say we as a collective unit because I'm not sure of everyone listening, you know, what, what education you've received, but I'm going to say a vast majority of people have not received that. I think more than more times than not, it is pushed away mm-hmm. and, um, and thus we don't learn about it. And then we learn it's a bad thing. And then it's doing a major disservice for our, our clients. Absolutely. Well, listen, Rachel, this conversation is just like a forever conversation. So listen, do me a favor. <laughs> Whenever you are doing a uh, conference or seminars or whatever you're doing, please, please share with me. We could put a blast. Oh, we also have the hybrid practice Facebook group. I- I'd love to hear what everybody is doing. If you want to put a blast in there and then also just so, you know, emails that I send out, I, I would love to connect people to you. What are the best ways for people to connect to you now? I'm pretty active on social media. Um, I facebook.com slash um, my, I'll, I'll give you the link so you can put it in, but it's my, Dr. Uh, Rachel Altvader, I believe it's something. I'll, I'll make sure you have. <laughs> okay. I'll put it in it's the episode notes. Uh, but I, I post um, daily in uh, my professional Facebook page. Yes. So um, or during the week, at least. Um, so you get a pretty consistent inspirational message. Um, so that's the best way for uh, social media. And then um, my email address um, I can make sure that you put that in the, in the link below. And um, I am in the process of expanding some websites. So that is to be continued. Okay. Well, listen, you are, like I said, very busy. And I thank you for taking the time out with us today. We've learned so much. I can't wait to share this episode. And so thank you so much for your time. And we'll definitely talk again. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. As always. Take care. You too. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, please rate, subscribe, and share with a friend. Take care.